Let's begin with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day and for this time to be here, uh, to fellowship, to worship you, to glorify you, to learn from your word. Uh, We pray that your spirit would just illumine our minds and hearts and that you would convict us and that you would draw us close to yourself through this time and through our being here today. We pray that our fellowship and our worship would glorify you and that you would bless this time. We thank you for your grace and amen. Let's begin with a reading from Scripture. Uh, A reading from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So before we begin, I want to take a bit of time to define prayer. Prayer is communication with God, but specifically, prayer is communication with God through Jesus Christ. It's important for us as Christians to remember and to be thinking about when we come before God in prayer that the only way we can come before a holy God, even though we have sin and we're born into sin, is through the blood of Jesus Christ and through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Because through his blood, his righteousness is applied to us. And because of that, we can come before a holy God, even though we're sinful, and not only have him tolerate our existence, but love us passionately with a fatherly love as his children, because he adopted us, and because he sees us like he sees Christ Jesus, his son. And if we remember that, that will help us to come with more passion, with more faith, and... um, to believe God that he wants to answer our prayer and to also have more grace towards ourselves. So today's sermon title is The Necessity of Prayer. And like Daniel did last week, I decided to speak about something that God's been showing me recently. And recently God's been showing me that I need to pray more and that we all need to pray more. And that because I don't pray um, like I should, there's things that I'm missing that God wants to do in my life, fruitfulness that he wants me to have, power and peace and other blessings that God wants me to have that I'm not experiencing because I'm not seeking them in prayer and I'm not seeking God in prayer. And I think that's something that we as a congregation need to do better with. So um, first we're going to get into why we need prayer. There are several reasons why we need prayer according to the scriptures, but the first one is that Christ, who is our example, his life was filled with prayer. Christ evidently believed that without prayer, he wouldn't be able to successfully accomplish his mission and calling from the Father. He spent a lot of his life seeking out prayer, and I just want to mention a few verses that show that real quick. Matthew fourteen twenty three, And he sent the crowds away, and after he sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. Mark six forty six. After bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. Luke six twelve. It was at this time he went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. Mark one thirty five. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Luke 5.16. But Jesus himself would often slip away into the wilderness to pray. And Matthew 26.36. When Jesus came up with them to a place called Gethsemane, he said to his disciples, 
sit here while I go over there and pray. So it's very evident that Christ frequently spent even the entire night in prayer to God. To Christ, it made a big difference whether or not he prayed. Through his prayer with God, he had peace before he was about to be crucified, which would be a pretty anxious and intense thing to be about to be crucified. But he, that's how he got peace from the Father, power from the Father, and wisdom from the Father. And not only is Christ our pattern for prayer, but throughout the New Testament, the early church and the apostles have a clear pattern of prayer. And I want to look at some verses that show that real quick. Acts 1.14 all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Acts 2.42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. Acts 6.4, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Acts 14.23, and when they had appointed elders for them in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Acts 16.25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. So throughout the whole church, throughout all the scriptures, God gives us a pattern of prayer and showing us that prayer is how we rely on him which is important, and we'll get later in the sermon into how God designed us to rely on him. But now I want to get into some of the things that we'll miss out on if we don't regularly seek God in prayer. If we don't seek God in prayer, we'll miss out on his guidance, on his blessings, on his power, and on his peace. And God has several things that he wants to give us through prayer. So the first one I want to mention is his guidance and his wisdom. God is an all-knowing God, and for any wisdom we could possibly need, for any knowledge, God has it. Any knowledge we could need or desire or want, God knows everything, and he can give us any knowledge that we could require for our tasks that he has for us. And the nice thing about prayer is it's a two-way communication. Not only do we pray to God, but God speaks back to us, and God answers us, and he gives us guidance. So there's a scripture, um, a passage of scripture I wanted to mention that kind of really illustrates this point well. It's from Joshua chapter 9, and uh, just to give a bit of a backdrop for it. So God commanded Israel to go into the land of Canaan and dispossess of the nations that were there because it had been hundreds of years of them living in rebellion, and God had given them chances to repent. And they didn't repent, and they didn't repent. So the Lord commanded Israel to go in and to take their land. And God promised it to Israel. And so let's turn to Joshua chapter 9, verses 3 through 15. Or Sydney can put it on the screen. Thank you. But when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and to Ai, they on their part acted with cunning and went and made ready provisions and took worn-out sacks for their donkeys and wineskins worn out and torn and mended with worn-out patched sandals on their feet and worn-out clothes. And all their provisions were dry and crumbly. And when Joshua, and they went to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal and said to him and to the men of Israel, we have come from a distant country, so now make a covenant with us. But when the men of Israel said to the Hivites, Perhaps you live among us. 
Then how can we make a covenant with you? They said to Joshua, We are your servants. But Joshua said to them, Who are you, and where have you come from? They said to him, From a very distant country your servants have come, because of the name of the Lord your God. For we have heard a report of him, and that all he did in Egypt, and all he did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon the king of Hebeshon, and to Og the king of Bashan, who lived in Ashtaroth. So our elders and our, the inhabitants of our country said to us, Take provisions in your hand for the journey, and go and meet them and say to them, We are your servants. Come now and make covenant with us. Here is our bread. It was still warm when we took it from our houses for food and for our journey on the day we set forth to come to you. But now, behold, it is dry and crumbly. These wineskins were new when we filled them, and behold, they have burst. And these garments and sandals of ours are worn out from the very long journey. So the men took some of their provisions, but they did not seek the counsel from the Lord. And Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live. And the leaders of the congregation swore to them. So scripture points out specifically that the reason Israel made this mistake of going into this covenant that they should not have entered with the Gibeonites is because they didn't seek the counsel of the Lord. They should have had it in their minds from the beginning to seek God's guidance in prayer, but they didn't. And if we don't seek God's guidance, we won't get God's guidance. It's very clear implications. Uh, another thing we'll miss is we, there's several blessings that God wants to give to us um, that we won't get if we don't seek them in prayer. Um, I want to turn to a passage in Isaiah 38, verses 1 through 6. This is uh, the account of Hezekiah when he became sick, like sick enough that he was about to die. In those days, Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die, you shall not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, Please, O Lord, remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, Go to Hezekiah and say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will add 15 years to your life. I will deliver you uh, and this city from the hand of the king of Azaria, and I will defend the city. Throughout the scriptures, we see instances where God gives his power um, or his blessing to do something in someone's life that they wouldn't have had if they didn't seek it by asking for it in prayer. Jesus healed several people who he waited for them to ask for it, like the 10 lepers that came to him or the blind person who was calling out to him. But if we don't seek God in prayer, we're missing the blessings and power that he has for us. But not only that, but we'll miss his peace if we don't regularly come to him in prayer. I also want to turn to um, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. One thing I like about this verse is it says, in everything or in every situation by prayer and supplication. I think that's something I forget a lot. But in every situation that stresses us, whether it's minor or big, or if you're at work and you have a grouchy customer, or, um, <laughs> or if you're running late to something and you need more green lights, but, <laughs> but you can pray to God about anything and God cares because we're his children. If it's enough to make you anxious, it's enough that God cares about it. And how can we expect to have peace if we don't have expectation that God is working in our situation? Prayer helps us to have peace because we can know that even if God doesn't cause it to work out how we want it to work out, God will cause it to work out how he wants it to work out, which is always for our good and for his glory. So that's how we can have peace is through prayer. But not only will we miss out on God's peace if we're not regularly seeking him in prayer, but we'll miss out on the power of God. I want to, um, again, in the scriptures, point out some specific instances from the book of Acts where God was pow- God's power was shown in response to prayer. Um, the first one is when Paul and Silas were praying in prison and God released them. And you can tell that prayer was important to them because you're in prison, it's uncomfortable, you probably want to sleep if you can, and it's the middle of the night, and they're not concerned about that. They're praying and worshiping God. Acts chapter 16, verses 25 and 26. At about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. And then I want to also look at another account in Acts chapter 12 about Peter, how when he was in prison and the church was praying for him and he got released. Acts chapter 12, verses 5 and 8. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Now when Herod was about to bring him out, on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands, and the angel said to him, trust yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak and follow me. So we can see that there's a correlation between prayer and the power of God. If we want more power of God in our lives, and we all need it, we should be praying more. And there's, that's the pattern throughout the whole scriptures, especially with Elijah. Um, Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain for three and a half years, um, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. And when he prayed that it would rain, it did rain. And God granted his power in order to show his glory. Uh, when Elisha also prayed that it would f- to call down fire when they were having the test against the prophets of Baal, there was enough fire that it consumed the entire altar. And just without prayer, there's no way that our lives will have the fruitfulness and the power that our, God wants them to have. God has uh, 
fruitfulness that he wants us to have in our families, in our ministry, in our witness, and in our jobs, and we won't be able to achieve what God wants us to achieve without prayer. But another reason we don't pray is not just because we don't see our need for prayer, but because we don't see prayer as reliable. But when we don't see prayer as reliable, we're wrong for not seeing it that way. I think for me personally, I don't so much struggle with knowing that God's powerful enough to answer prayer, but that he wants to answer prayer. Um, But the scriptures make it clear that God does want to answer our prayer. And it's it's very important to remember these scriptures that show that and to take them to heart. Because when we come before God, we want to have expectation that he will answer our prayer. It's important that we have faith and trust him. Um that he will answer our prayer. So let's look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Also, uh, James 1, verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. So the scriptures make it clear that God does want to answer our prayers. God loves us as his children. And he wants to answer our prayers. He wants to show his power and his glory. And we need to come to him with that expectation. Um, I also have some recent things that God's been showing me and how reliable prayer is that have just helped me understand that better. Recently, me and Teresa have been in need of an apartment and I needed a job because we're about to be married and it would be kind of bad to get married and not have a job and not have a place to live. (laughs) So I was stressing about that because it's getting pretty close. And um, the more stressed I got, I decided to take some extra time out of my days uh, to have prayer for those specific two things. And the week that I decided it, just later in that same week, I got a job offer and we got approved for an apartment. But I I should have realized it sooner than I did because I waited for, like, being unemployed for two months before I started praying (laughs) much about it. And um, we should always just be turning to God in prayer sooner because prayer really is a reliable solution to our problems, and we need to see it as that. But even if they're, like, small things, not big things like an apartment or a job or not spiritual things, God cares about those too. Uh, the other day I was at Sinclair in class and there was a program I was supposed to have downloaded and installed so that the professor could show us how to use it and I didn't have it downloaded and installed and I was trying to download it but it was downloading really, really slow but it occurred to me, oh, I should pray about this because I have a problem. So I prayed that the download would go quicker and at first it said it would take like four hours and you know by then the class would be over. But it sped up not long after, and I downloaded it in like half an hour. And I installed it and learned what the professor wanted me to learn. And um, the other day, I was at a restaurant trying to get food because me and Teresa were getting our marriage license that day. And, um, yep. 
And so I was supposed to get lunch because Teresa was on her lunch break, so she wouldn't be able to eat lunch if I didn't get it. <laughs> and, um, and I'm like, okay, I'll go and get lunch around 11. It should go pretty quickly. I went to Popeye's to get their chicken sandwiches. It didn't go quickly, <laughs> not even at 11. And, um, and there was like 10 people who I was waiting on to get their food before I could get their mine before I could get mine, so I started praying that it would go quicker. And not long after I started praying for it, people started getting their food quicker, and we made it just in time for after we got the marriage license, Teresa, to show up to work with like one minute left. (laughs) And like Greg mentioned last Sunday, um, he was riding his bike, and when Greg's riding his bike, he likes to see chipmunks, apparently. (laughs) And, And he prayed that he would see a chipmunk and he did, and then he kept praying. He, he was like, well, I kind of want to see another one, so he prayed to see another one, <laughs> and he did. <laughs> and, it, and that happened two more times. So I just want to emphasize, we need to always see prayer as a reliable solution to our problems, even if they're not big problems, even if they're small everyday problems or small desires we have on our bike rides. Or... Prayer is reliable, and we as God's children need to trust him and see it that it is. God is um, faithful to answer our prayers, and he desires to show his glory in that. So the last reason I want to mention about why prayer is necessary is because God designed us to rely on him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, Paul says while speaking of the gospel, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. And then later in the same letter, Paul speaks again, Um, in verses 7 through 9, saying, So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given me, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord that he would take it away from me. But he said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, for I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. God is glorified when his power is seen, and God gives us weaknesses so that his power can be seen in us. And we all have like several weaknesses, and we know we do. But God creates means for us to rely on him so that his power can be shown. And those weaknesses are actually gifts because they help us to stay humble. They help us to see God accurately They help us to remember our place before him, and they help us to keep our focus on him. But prayer is how we rely on God and how we actually bridge that gap of our weakness to his strength in reliance on him. It's not enough to just admit we have weaknesses and then not rely on him. And prayer is one of the practical ways in which we rely on him in which his power is seen through us and he is glorified. So in conclusion, I would like to challenge us to think more and remember how we need um, prayer in our everyday lives and how we need to trust God to answer our prayers. That being said, let's close in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day and for this time to be here to learn from your word. And we pray that you would just help us to, throughout our week, remember that you are our loving Father and you want to glorify yourself and expand your kingdom by means of prayer. We pray that you would have it weigh on our hearts how much we need prayer and how much your church needs prayer in order to accomplish the goals that you've given it. 
We pray that you would help us to trust in your power and seek to rely on you. We thank you for your grace and amen.